Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my partner, my oh, my co-host, my partner in crime. Wow, you know I'm rusty when I'm messing that up. Nate Green. Nate, how you doing? It's it's good to be back, Jared. I am excited to be back. I know, you know, I think we all had to take a little bit of time off with how the season's going and life in general. So, Nate, I mean, how, how you doing? I mean, I, everything going good, minus what the Angels are Angels are doing. I'm sure we'll talk plenty of Angels baseball here, but how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, looking forward to the upcoming season for uh, my coaching and just hoping the Angels can finish strong. I, I know it looks pretty bleak. Uh, playoff hopes are, are not super high right now, but it, at least show something to finish strong. Maybe Rangifo can get going. Uh, Adele and Marsh can Marsh can stay hot, and Adele can kind of get it going to end the year. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I love how we never have a plan going into what we're going to talk about, and then the first minute of this podcast, just ideas start popping into my head. So first question for us to kind of dabble over, in a sense, is do you really want the Angels to finish strong, or would you rather have a better draft pick? In all honesty, I'd rather a better draft pick, but... um, I do want these guys to to perform at a level that's going to show whether they are they should be on the team or not. Like a Luis Rangifo, is he a guy who you can plug in every day, or is he a guy that should be up and down? Is he a guy who could maybe play a Phil Gosson role for the way Phil has played this year? Um, that's something I would like to see. I would love to see some of these pitchers. Are they actually good or? Have they just been throwing well? Like, honestly, it, it really feels like a fall ball scrimmage type of thing in college right now. That's how I feel about the Angels. Like, go out there, get your work in. Um, show me you should make the team next year. Uh, and I really don't care who wins. Yeah, I'm all for what they're doing at the moment. I just kind of wish it would have happened a little bit sooner, maybe around the All-Star break. I know we talked about this quite a bit. When the all or during the trade deadline, should I say? I know we talked about this quite a bit when we were doing this podcast on a daily basis. And like I said, guys, we're we're gonna get back to that. We have a lot more free time now. The minor leagues is coming to an end. I have a we both have a good grasp on what the minor league system looks like. I'll kind of throw it out there now. Um, Top fifty prospects comes out today. Go look on my Twitter at Jared underscore Tim's. You can go check all that out. It's a it's a good little you know. 50 names. Actually, I think I have probably about 85 Angels names on there that you probably need to know. And it's just, you know, one of those things. But yeah, back onto it. I, I know we talked about it, but I wish we kind of would have seen all of this happen a little bit sooner. You know, we saw Marsh come up and Adele and Detmers, and it was just kind of the start of a opening of a new door per se. And I really, I like what they, I, I've liked what they've done. You know, I mean, we haven't, we haven't seen Mike Trout. We haven't seen Anthony Rendon all year, Shohei Otani this second half hasn't been the same as the first, but still MVP without a doubt. I mean, an unbelievable season what he's doing. But seeing all these guys, and you know, we talked about this right before we got on to podcast here, is, you know, the Angels, we, we're seeing four guys at the moment, and I'm sure as this podcast goes on, and we'll see maybe another pitcher or two in this game, but all four guys have made their Major League debut this season with the Angels, um, Packy Naughton, Ollie Ortega, Andrew Wants, and Kyle Tyler, and, and 
you know, that's that's a lot of fun to see. I, I'm I'm excited for the future, and I feel like this is again a never ending roller coaster, a never ending nightmare. I, I don't know if I want to say that, but I feel like it's a you know the definition of insanity. And I feel like we say this all the time, like the Angels have hope at the end of the season. Like we see it, we see it constantly happening. Like we see some young guys here and there, but again, this just kind of feels different. Like the start of the season felt a little different. The end of this season has again felt a little different. We're seeing a lot of young very interesting players, pitchers in particular, along with Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele and uh, maybe some other names like Mike Stefanik and Luis Renifo, who you mentioned, come up and play decently well and get an opportunity to show what they can do for 2022, you know? Absolutely, and the, the game's basically over. The Angels uh, are hitting in the ninth and down, down six, so I doubt we'll see any other arms. But yeah, for the night, we, we saw all new arms, which is which is fun. Um, I, I do agree with you that I'm usually the one who who is saying that this is definitely the definition of insanity, watching them do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. But this does feel different this year. Um, they actually were able to get rid of some guys. It was, it was great to see that they got a return for Andrew Heaney. Um, it was great to see that they kind of admitted that they were wrong on Jose Quintana and just straight up, I guess, released him. I still confused on what happened there. Um, but yeah, it, it's really good to see them like actually move on from some guys and give some of these guys and young, some of these young guys a chance because in the past it's been, Oh, we'll continue to ride these old guys that we gave money to and let them play all the way out to September instead of what do we have down there? And can we see if anybody's ready or can we see if anybody could help us for next year? Because we go into the offseason every year saying, oh, well, there's five or six guys in the minor leagues who might be able to help us. We've never seen them play a major league game. So let's just hope they're ready like we kind of planned. And then we go into the next year and they come into the to spring training and they look like not a major leaguer. And the Angels are sitting there going, oh, no, we need this position because we thought this guy was ready and so I, I'm glad to see that they actually had had made a little bit of a change in the way they do things. Yeah, it's refreshing, and I I, I really I think that this is kind of I don't know what I'm going to name this podcast yet, but I mean if it is a you know a breath of fresh air or you know a a changing of the guard per se, I don't even know what what's it what to call this, but it is very refreshing and I and I'm really enjoying it. So that kind of like leads me to our next question here. And besides the three obvious players, and that's Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, and Reed Detmers, who has impressed you the most that has made their debut for the Angels this year? Or yeah, let's just go with debuts this year for the Angels, because I know there's a been a few that have, you know, really shined for the Angels. I mean, we could go with your favorite, Chris Rodriguez, has had a really good year, but I want to go with Austin Warren. I think he's been really, really fun to watch. He's throwing the ball really well in the pen. Um, he looks like he could be uh, a long-term answer in that bullpen for, for five, six years at least. Um, it's been really, really good to see him go out there and succeed. So that's the guy that I've loved to see this year is just Austin Warren, guy who wasn't really highly rated on a lot of prospect lists and you know, just came through the system and just kind of helped helped bridge the gap a little bit because we did have a huge bullpen issue, and he sold the ball really well for us. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm 
I, I really like what Austin Warner's done. I think he's earned a spot, at least to open open the season up with the Angels next season, along with guys like Jose Marte, who we've seen the big fastball for. We've seen a lot of Elvis Piguero in tight spots, which has been a lot of fun to, to see young pitching like that. Kyle Tyler is another name that, when he came up, is very, very interesting. And I'm, again, very intrigued to see what the Angels do this offseason in the bullpen because we do need to see the Angels make moves in the bullpen 100% because how volatile the bullpen is. But also with how young this bullpen is, it's it really is a lot of fun. And if you were to bring back a guy like Rysel Iglesias to anchor this bullpen, I think you know, you're know you in the right direction with what they can do. And, I mean, if you go get a starty, I think you just need two, three, two starters probably. I mean, I know that's a lot to, to hope for, but, I mean, we don't – at this point, we don't even need to talk about the offense. I think the offense is taken care of. You add two starters, and you can piece together a, a decently good bullpen. And, and Nate, I think during the off season, we hit the we hit the nail a hundred and fifty times. Like we hit, we talked about this. I think on a daily basis, there is always a bullpen to be built out there. But I do think the Angels are one step closer to building, you know, that homemade bullpen that we really haven't seen the Angels do since the early 2000s with Frankie and and Scott Shields and Troy Percival, Kevin Gregg, just to name a few. So I, I don't know. I, I'm cautiously optimistic for the Angels is the right question answer, I guess. I don't, I don't know. How are you feeling always. about it? Always. always answer. <laughs> cautiously optimistic. So... Let's get on to, I guess, our next conversation, and we kind of talked about Luis Renifo a little bit before, and again, I don't know how long this podcast is going to go, but I don't know if you're aware of this. Luis Renifo was at one point traded to the Dodgers, kind of, right? Yeah. In a sense. I mean, it was... on the trade, the Dodgers were just waiting to see if they got another trade done. Exactly. So there was a trade in place, and the return was Ross Stripling, Jock Peterson, and a prospect named Andy Pajes. Andy Pajes has 31 home runs this year in the minors. Nate, does this bother you at all? I mean, like, I don't want to bring back sore memories, but I, I just saw Minor League tweeted about it, and it just kind of brought back a whole bunch of negative energy for me. I don't know if that's even the right word for it either, but it, it was just kind of an interesting thing, and I was like, how different of this had this team, this organization would look just from that one trade being nixed, and and we don't even have to place blame. We everybody knows what happened. Like I don't even want to bring that up, but man, like that's just it's just so crazy how the ter- tables have turned. Or I was gonna say the turn the turns have tabled, like Dwight Schrute would have said. But but <laughs> yeah, I just think it's it's so crazy how you know it just it just turns like that and. You know, the, he's a top five prospect for the Dodgers now, and it's, I don't know, who knows where the Angels would be with, with Jock Peters, with well, what was Jock Peterson in a 60-game season, and Ross Stripling, another pitcher, and and a, a top prospect. He'd probably be the Angels' number one prospect, to be honest. So, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's frustrating to, to see how well he's played this year, but I was also kind of looking forward to seeing Jock Peterson in Angels' uniform. Uh, the Angels had a hole in right field would have been perfect for jock 
Could have also put Jock at first base to platoon because we didn't know what Jared Walsh was at that time. Uh, Ross Stripling would have been a good piece, not something that you're like super excited about, you know, kind of a number four pitcher like the Angels always get. But, you know, he could have easily been at what Alex Cobb was this year. So, um, and, and the great thing about Stripling is he he doesn't have an ego. So if you asked him to go to the bullpen, he was more than than fine with going to the bullpen as long as it was it was helping the team win. So. Um, yeah, that, that trade was very frustrating. I also think that Jock could have let off for the Angels, which uh, I think the Angels really need a leadoff hitter. I don't think Dave, David Fletcher's the answer at leadoff. Not to say that he can't lead off. I just think that you need somebody to get on base a little bit more than Fletch. But I love that Fletch puts the ball in play. He's, he's a little bit of an old-school guy, which is awesome to see. But, yeah, that, that trade is always going to bring back bad memories. Um, unless, of course, you know, Luis Rangifo goes out and becomes um, Chase Utley, uh, Jeff Kent, or, you know, someone crazy like that where you're like, okay, this dude can play second base or shortstop every single day for, you know, 10, 15 years. But as of right now, he doesn't look like that guy. And, I think the Angels' patience is kind of wearing thin with him because he only has uh, – this This is it for him, right? He's out of options after this year or has he got one more year of options? But he, he's about – it's about time for uh, make it or break it for him. It's kind of interesting that you, you, know, you bring up the options. I mean, who would you rather see as a utility guy, Jack Mayfield, Phil Gosling, or Luis Renifo? Because, I mean, is there really that big of a difference even money-wise, between all of them? Like, would you rather see Luis Renifo maybe get traded? Would you rather... I, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting... Because there are, at the moment... I mean, we don't know what Luis Renifo is t- could turn into. He stole 60 bases, or at least 60 bases. Could have been more in the minors one year. We've seen him get bigger and stronger. So I think there's some. Well, there's definitely a little bit of power there. He's a good defender. I just think at the end of the day, it comes down to consistent at-bats. Like, at one point... I think a lot of us were saying that Luis Renifo could be better than David Fletcher, and and that's not really fair to say that now, because Luis Renifo hasn't gotten his opportunity. And and for all we know, like if Luis Renifo would have made his debut before David Fletcher, it could be the complete opposite, where we'd be saying like, oh, Luis Renifo or David Fletcher could be Luis Renifo, you know. So I don't know. I I I think when it comes down to it, Luis Renifo. And I've been saying that name way too many times. He's a valuable commodity to have. And at the end, I, I think I'd rather see him starting now for sure. And this is this brings us back to our last conversation, as, or the pre one of our previous conversations is this is exactly why we what we've wanted to see for years now is what does the farm system hold and the good amount of depth that the Angels have right now that we've been able to see so many injuries, but the Angels are still just right under 500, and you look at all the injuries that the Angels have had this year, and basically a whole season without Mike Trout, Justin Upton on and off the IL. I know Nate, you know, Justin Upton fan, but still a bat, still a veteran presence. Same thing with Dexter Fowler. I don't know what he would have been this year other than a very good mentor to two very young outfielders and a lot of and a very young Angels team, and I'm, I'm glad that he is in the Angels clubhouse right now because I know that he has had a tremendous impact on everything going on. And Rendon's been on the IL for the majority of the year. Chris Rodriguez has been hurt. Uh, we saw the COVID issue with a couple of the young Angels relievers and Reed Detmers, and 
it's just an unfortunate year. So I'm just glad that we have we can see so much of this young talent, and there is actually a decent amount of depth. And the Angels aren't. I mean, I guess at one point we were looking around saying, "Who could the Angels pick up off the waivers to start tonight?" <laughs> because of how many injuries they've had. But I mean, that's kind of a different story, I'd say, than what the Angels have had in the past, where it was six starters, and then it was, oh man, this is really, really getting ugly, where the Angels have had 16, 18 different starters this year. I know, Nate, I think we meant, you mentioned this on the phone to me, that the Angels probably using the most, pitcher, the most pitchers in baseball. I think they've set a record for most players used in, in the organization's history this year, and... I don't know. I mean, would we consider this bad luck? I know I kind of flipped this conversation from Renifo to, to this, but I, I think I kind of want to bring this full circle and say this is kind of the door opening to, to new and different things. You know, a, a patch of fresh grass, uh, you know, just a, a, a ray of sunshine because the Angels do have depth now. I mean, if there's one good thing to take away from this season, that that is the Angels are five basically sitting around 500 without two of five best players in baseball, a starting rotation that never really was, and an average bullpen age of 23 years old, maybe, minus Rysel Iglesias and Jose Quintana. So Steve Ciszek. Steve Ciszek as well. But I think that's another piece of the puzzle as well, a nice veteran piece to have just to show the young guys, you know, what to do. So... I'm I am all for I, I'm all for the mix as well. I, I mean, before we get on to like that little ray of sunshine, I like the veteran mix, and I know that's like the weird intangible thing that doesn't show up in on stats. But having those that voice in the clubhouse is another thing that I think the Angels have really been missing, and I think they've kind of, in a sense, found it this year. Yeah, I think that was something that Joe really wanted to bring in was some veteran pieces to really. Um, brighten up that clubhouse that has kind of been lackluster for a couple years. But a um, couple things to play devil's advocate, just because that's who I am. You can say the Angels have had all these injuries. They haven't had Mike Trout, but yet they had the best record in baseball in one-run games. So I don't know how much Mike Trout changes, you know, if they were middle of the pack or, or even bad in one-run games. And I'm saying, oh, man, like the Angels could be a 95-win team right now. But um, – you know, looking at those numbers and just seeing that they're winning the close ones and they're getting blown out in the other ones, I don't know if, if Mike Trout changes that much there. I think you, you really, for me to get excited, honestly, I, I want to see an offseason where they actually attack needs that are are real. You know, I, I don't want to go see, see them sign um, two position players that cost, you know, $150 million plus when you can sign two decently good, um, you know, a, a shortstop and maybe a catcher for, for a decent amount of money, we don't have to go on the 200 millions. And then maybe we spend some money on pitching or, or we get a, a real option at pitcher instead of like, oh, hey, we know pitching. Okay, we're going to turn this guy who hasn't been good in three plus years into a Cy Young Award winner. And we're only going to give him one year because that's really going to motivate him to be the best version of himself. And until that happens, it's going to be really hard to to be excited about the depth because 
what's the point in having depth if we're not going to use it properly? You know, this is an opportunity for us to possibly move move some guys to get better on the major league roster and even keep some of that depth and add to it with other pieces. So when we're in this situation next year and we are, you know, maybe the Blue Jays or, or what the Yankees are or the Red Sox where we're a couple games up in the wild card or a couple games back in the division, we're, we're looking here like, hey, this, was a, this is a fun year. Absolutely. And I, I think... You know, going back to the Mike Trout thing, I think Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon and a healthy Chris Rodriguez and I don't even know who else the Angels are missing. A, a, a Dylan Bundy being what Dylan Bundy was last year. We didn't even get to. We didn't even mention him and Alex Cobb being healthy down the stretch. And I, I think that you know, at the end of the day, and Jose Quintana even being a fraction of of what he was with the Cubs. I mean, I know that he didn't have the best of years and Nate, yes, you can, you know, rub that in my face all you want and I'm, I'm I'll I'll take that like a champ because I I Julio Tehran 2.0 we both did on the show. That's so fair. it's hard for you to be upset about that. I I I know and and you look at and I haven't looked at what Jose Quintana has done with the Giants, but knowing what the Giants have done this year and being the best team in in baseball this year it wouldn't surprise me if I went and looked at his stats right now and Jose Quintana had pitched 10 innings and given up one run and struck out 15 guys and walked two guys. You know, like, it just wouldn't surprise me. And I'm, we don't have to go look up the stats. I can just imagine that that would be what it is, knowing Farhan and Gabe Kapler and those guys. But last question, comment, I guess, in a sense, and, and this goes to the veteran presence, and you mentioned a one-year deal. What players, and I think we all know there are probably two or three pitchers on the open uh, that are on the market next year that are getting old, that probably won't get a one-year deal, but there are three pitchers in my head that I'm thinking of. That's Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, and Justin Verlander, and I'm sure there are a couple more in the mix that are in that same presence. But I, I think all three of those guys are future Hall of Famers, first ballot Hall of Famers without a doubt, and I think they're all going to get more than one year, but I think the Angels are going to be in play for all three of them. Which one would you rather have? Personally, I think Max Scherzer is the right answer. I don't think you could throw any amount of money at Clayton Kershaw and he will leave the Dodger blue. I think that he would take $10 million less to stay in Dodger blue, honestly. Um, the Angels could throw two years and, and $50 million at him, and I think he would take two years and forty and stay in Dodger blue. So, I don't think that's really a realistic op- option for him. You know, I'd, I'd love to see Clayton Kershaw, but but I think Max Scherzer's the right answer. He's coming off another Cy Young potential year, um, and he's not coming off an injury. That's that's the one thing that scares me with the Angels' history and Justin Verlander. Um, I would love to see Justin Verlander healthy and in an Angel uniform. That would be kind of fun to get him uh, on a two-year deal and and maybe twenty million a year two years 40 mil something like that if they could get Scherzer and Verlander for two years 45 ish I would be really really happy but I, I think Max Scherzer is the right answer coming off yet another amazing year not injured um, loves Southern California and just has that competitive edge I, I think they all do but I just think there's something different about Max and the way that he competes like 
that dude will do whatever he can to pitch every fifth day. And that's the thing that I love about Max, where, you know, Kershaw always is a little banged up. Uh, Verlander has a little bit of an edge, but I don't know if it's still there, where just watching Max this year go from Washington to the Dodgers, it's there. It's 100% there, and, and that guy wants to go win another World Series. I agree, and I think that all three of those guys bring a different mentality to their pers- whatever team that they're going to go to. Starting off with Clayton Kershaw, I think that if they're, if he doesn't, I think there's another team that wears blue that he would go to, and that's the Rangers, and I don't even know if that's even going to happen. I think that uh, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how the Dodgers move around money to maybe hopefully try to keep Kershaw and Dodger blue because – Best I know friend that. just moved here. He's not leaving. I know. I, it's that's the only he place I can. Put on a show last Sunday. He wants to stay. Him and Stafford are friends. They're uh-huh. gonna love staying in LA for another five years. Together. I know. I know. And he's he's going to. It's it's not a question. But I just had to throw that out there. Justin Verlander. I'm again. I'm all for it. I don't care about the injury. It's Justin freaking Verlander. You know, like right when we thought he was gonna be start being bad, and this goes for. This goes for probably all three of them. Right when we start, right when we thought we'd start seeing these guys decline, they started getting better, and it's it's kind of stupid how good these guys are getting. I mean, regardless of the injury, Justin Verlander, another first ballot Hall of Famer, and you know that there's a certain someone in his life that probably wants to maybe come out west and live that Hollywood life that she's always wanted to live. So, jokes aside, I think Justin Verlander would be awesome with this young pitching staff and, and Max Scherzer, you said it perfectly. I think that Mad Max would be unbelievable. It's, it's a dream. It really would be. It's a pipe dream to have a guy like that and, and pitching every fifth day. And I think that all three of them bring the intangibles that you want to see to a young pitching staff. And even Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani is the oldest guy on this pitching staff right now. And I hope you're, I think he, I'm pretty sure he is, minus Steve Ciszek and Bryce Iglesias, but I'm not going to count those guys. Those guys are in the bullpen. Dylan Bundy's hurt. Alex Cobb's hurt. I mean, I'll, at the moment, Shohei Otani is the youngest pitcher on the staff, and and not that there isn't a lot of leadership, and, and but I do think that plays a huge role in it, is leadership type of thing. And and at the end of the day, I, I we're talking about all three of these guys because I think the Angels are going to get all, one or two of those guys, like like you said, Kershaw's not leaving, leaving unless it's going back to his hometown, and and we'll see about Justin Verlander, and we'll see about Mad Max. But man, I, I don't know. At the end of the day, I think it's it's a lot of fun. So Nate, any final thoughts? I, I think we kind of said it all here. With this podcast, actually went a lot longer than I thought it was going to go. I know we kind of rambled on, but hope we put some good thoughts in people's minds. So any final thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Last question for you. Uh, Russell Iglesias, you give him a, a tender or no? Uh, yes, I I would offer the qu- right now. I don't think or it's nineteen two or something like that. I don't think it's gonna be nineteen. I think it's gonna be eighteen five or something like that. Or we'll see how the CBA goes. That's a lot to talk about for us this off season. But oh, nice. I, yeah, I I think that you have to try to non tender him. He's arguably the best reliever in baseball if you talk, want to talk to people at ESPN he's arguably the best pitcher in baseball might deserve the Cy Young jokes aside it, we we don't have to talk about that little article but but yeah I'm all I'm all for trying to non-tender him and then trying to re-up him it's it's not a big deal I think that he's every bit worth 
18 million dollars to close out games for you as long as he's put in the right situation and Nate I know we've talked about this many times before and I don't think we need to hammer it anymore <laughs> I think if he's put in the right the best pitcher in baseball in the second half best relief pitcher in baseball in the second half and that's because he's pitched in the uh, positions he's supposed to pitch in so 100% I think that if you continue to keep him in those situations they're shouldn't be any issue with him going down the road. So I think you have to try to I think you have to extend the qualifying offer to him. I think we did we say non tender. I think we have to you have to try to extend the qualifying you said non tender, whatever. We're yeah. we're on the same page. Yeah, we, we we know what we know what we're talking about. But yeah, I think you have to extend the qualifying offer to him no matter how much it is. And if he rejects it and he goes and signs somewhere else, congratulations, you got a comp first round pick for the first time in who knows how long and if he doesn't you have one of the best relievers in in baseball so so be it you know i I, i'm all for re-upping him and bringing qualifying offer to him so guys as always thank you so much for listening to this podcast talking halos uh we are back i i we're gonna podcast every night for you guys gonna bring you some good angels content i have a list of guests that we'll be getting to this off season so hang tight there it's gonna be a lot of minor leaguers a lot of you know, fun people to talk to. We're going to have people join our join the podcast again every Monday, Wednesday, Friday when the offseason hits, and and it, it's just going to be a blast here moving forward. So, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can go ahead and follow this podcast on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can follow myself at Jared underscore Tim's on Twitter. Nate, where can we follow you? It's been a while. I forgot. Green yeah, go follow Nate there. Go complain to him. He loves when people complain to him. So, guys, as always, thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.